Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. So we're going to be in the book of 1 Timothy. If you're new to the Bible, the Bible's kind of split into two halves. There's the Old Testament, which is before Jesus came on the earth. And then there's the New Testament, which starts with four books uh, in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You may have heard of those. Uh, those are the story of Jesus. By the way, if you're just starting to read the Bible, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Get familiar with the story of Jesus. Uh, and then there are smaller books typically beyond that after Jesus rose from the grave. So we're in one of those smaller books called First Timothy. It's way toward the back of the Bible. I know a lot of us are uh, using our devices to look up scriptures. So First Timothy 3. I'm going to begin our time with the starfish story. And here's my guess. Some of you have heard this story, but it's still a great story. So uh, I'll, I'll just begin reading. And if you've heard it before, just hang in there and feel it once again. All right. Here's what it says. One day an old man was walking along a beach that was littered with thousands of starfish that had been washed ashore by a violent high tide. As he walked, he came upon a young boy who was working furiously to throw the starfish back into the ocean, knowing they would perish if left on the beach. Puzzled, the old man looked at the boy and asked, what are you doing? Without hesitation, the boy replied, I'm saving these starfish. The old man chuckled, son. There are thousands of starfish on this beach and only one of you. What difference can you possibly make? The boy quickly found another starfish, held it up toward the old man's face and said, I can make a difference for this one and tossed it into the water. How many of you have heard the starfish story before? A number? Um, even though I've heard it and shared it, I don't know, dozens of times. I still love the story. I think it taps in, well, it's a, it's a warm-hearted story. It taps into the idea, maybe, of the idealism of the child to make a difference. I personally like this uh, version of it, because I like the moment where the boy picks up a starfish and kind of puts it in the old man's face. Oh, yeah, old man. You may be a pessimistic, crusty old man. He doesn't say that. But I'm going to make a difference, right? I just like it. And I think it taps into a good part of most of us where we see a problem and we think, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to make it better. Or simply put, I want to make a difference. And I think for most of us, there are Multiple things in our life, and if you dig into the motivation for why we do them, it's because we really, 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 we really would like to make a difference. That's why we uh, give financially to certain causes. It's because, like, I want to make a difference. It's why we volunteer in situations where people recognize, hey, there's some things over here that need help, and, and we go, I'll help. Uh, it's why many of you serve at the church, because we all connect as a family, as a body, knowing part of the purpose of the church is to make a difference, and so we add our part to it. 
And sometimes it's not just responding to difficult situations. It's taking initiative in things that we value. By the way, if you're new or old, I just want to prepare you for the next several years of the church. You're going to see pictures of my grandchild. So here's one. Yeah. It's just going to happen. He's eight, eight, uh, eight weeks old. <laughs> There's Judah. And I realized the other day, much of the activity that I do when I'm with that kid, because I try to see him every couple days or whatever, and so it was probably a week and a half ago, I, I walk in, I kind of stand there and be like, hi. <laughs> well, and the hi, what, what's he, I'm here to hold my grandson. Okay, here. So I, so, so I had a chair there, and I was holding him, and I do this. I realized I just did this yesterday when I just got to see him for a minute. I get him, and I hold, and immediately... I start to do things. I, I look at him. Hey, how are you? I talk to him. I make noises. I try to make eye contact. I've prayed for him already hundreds of times, either with him or without. And I was sitting here thinking as I was ignoring my daughter, like, I don't care what you're talking about. I'm talking to him. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and I realized, that before I even knew I was going to do this talk, I realized, why am I doing this? And a big portion of why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I want, I desperately want to make a difference in his life. And I think that praying for him, talking to him, making contact with, I think that's going to make a difference in his life. There's a lot of this stuff. In the good part of us, we want to make a difference. By the way, if you don't connect with any of this idea of making a difference, I would encourage you, get close to God, because God makes our hearts want to make a difference. And, side note, in case you haven't realized yet, living just for ourselves gets really hollow, shallow, empty. Should I talk about that some more? Doesn't it, though? Because <laughs> somewhere, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Why not? Somewhere, when we get self-centered, there's this giant black hole that, like, we can just keep feeding ourselves whatever and there's always something else. It, it can be a nasty, long trap of, well, if I just do this for me, if I just do this for me, and eventually we probably should realize the key to life is not just about us trying to serve ourselves. It's about doing stuff for other people and for God. Okay, little mini sermon, pop, pop, right there. God regularly through the scriptures, I would probably say hundreds of times, he challenges his followers and humanity to make a difference. Here's just a couple simple Bible verses. Galatians 6.1, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. Make a difference. 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, young people. Don't let people look down on you, but set an example. Make a difference. Real simple one in Luke 3. Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Super practical. Hebrews 10.24. You might have to think about this a little bit. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I don't know what you think about regularly, but God would challenge us. Here's something to think about. Think about 
ways we could motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Think about ways we could motivate one another to make a difference. Um, all right, hold those thoughts. We're in this series called Four Questions. And we're in the third question of the series, which is, what difference can I make? And we're especially going to focus on how to make a difference. We're going to learn from 1 Timothy 3. Here's what's going on in the text. Uh, this section is being written by a man, being inspired by God. And this guy, his name is Paul. He is a difference maker. Proven track record of making a difference. He's writing to a younger man named Timothy, who is a young difference maker. And he's actually writing about how to cultivate people who want to be difference makers. In this version, it's their overseers or leaders, people who I think it's a pretty good application to think, no, I want to make a difference. And so here's what Paul says to Timothy. Here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer, and we're assuming that that implies an overseer, a leader, someone who'd like to make a difference. Anyone who aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now, the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him and he must do this so, do so in a manner worthy of full respect. And then there's little this side comment. If anyone doesn't know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? And I'll finish with just the first part of verse 6 where it says, He must not be a recent convert. We'll stop there. The title of the talk is, What Difference Can I Make? And again, there are, there are dozens of principles that can help us be a difference maker. We're going to look at two from this text. And before we pray, can I ask you to pause, pause and imagine like a scenario in your future? Wouldn't it be great if like at the end of this week, we could look back and see a ripple effect in our family or neighborhood or workplace where we made a difference? Wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be great to get to the end of the next year or the end of our life and to be able to look back and know, yes, I made a difference. Aside, another way to look at this, wouldn't it be a bummer to get through your whole life and look back and go, wow, I didn't do anything. That would be bad. So with that in mind, let's pray. God, help us talk to us about some things that can help us make a difference. Uh, I got some things to talk about here, Lord. I think you want me to talk about but if it's just me talking, it won't work at all. So we need you to be our teacher. In Jesus' name, amen.
two ideas from the text. A difference maker is morally, you can write this in if you're taking notes, multi-skilled. I'm going to talk about the value of paying attention to multiple areas of life. In verse 2, if you wrote, wrote down multiple, Here's what, there's quite a list here of things. The overseer is to be, ready, above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate. Temperate means uh, not given to exaggeration, but, it, but live moderation, like not going off on the extremes. Uh, Self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family. Well, just in those couple verses, there are 12, depending on how you, how you count them, 12 or 13 different things that God is saying to pay attention to if you want to make a difference. And if you're like me, I'm like, dang. That's a big list of to-dos. This seems like a lot of stuff, a lot of areas to attend to. And my observation, as we, if we can leave it up on the screen, my observation is some of those things, for me, and I'm guessing for us, we're doing okay. Like we're checking the boxes, we're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But here's the bummer. There's typically a few of them we go, oh, oh no. Like that one, whoops. And so what I want to do is walk through that text again, and will you evaluate with me whether you're checking the box or whether it's a uh-oh moment. So the first one there, overseer, is to be ready above reproach. How are we doing it above reproach? Just so you know what that means, here's what it means in the original language. It looks like that, and it means never caught doing wrong. How many of us are sunk already? Like, I just want to go, never? Okay, so that's just the beginning of the list. Let's go on. This will be so much fun. <laughs> Faithful to his wife or to his spouse. So some of us are like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing that one. There's four of us going, stop it. Okay. Maybe that, uh, temperate, in moderation, self-controlled. How are you doing at self-control? Some of us, like, I'm like, okay, I'm okay on that one. I'm doing pretty good. Respectable. Are we being respectful of others, living a respectable life? I'm just trying to let these sink in. Hospitable. See, for me, I'm always reminded, that's a hard one for me. I, it just doesn't come naturally to me when I think of hospitality. I know a little bit of about what that word means. Have you ever showed up at someone's house and they just know how to be hospitable and like they have like cookies? I'm like, how in the world did you think of that? I never would, this, like people who just naturally, I've got one friend who's so good at this and when I'm around him, I think, oh God, help me because I don't know how to, okay? How are you doing at the hospital? I know a lot of you are doing great at that. Able to teach. And some people might say, well, but I'm not a teacher. That's not my gifting. Oh, oh, oh. But you see, it's still on the list. And there are other lists in the Bible like this. Not given to drunkenness. We lost a few. 
And by the way, this is how this works. I went on this tangent every service, so now it's probably not a tangent. It's just an idea in the talk. It's good for us to know how we respond to alcohol consumption opportunities. Some of us, like you've never drank your whole life, and we're like, wow, God bless you. That's great. The rest of us, <laughs> right, we're like, seriously? And there's four people going, why don't you come out with me this afternoon? I'll introduce you to, which is not helpful. Oh, gosh, I just, anybody have anyone who kind of screwed up your life at some point because you, you had never drank ever, and they thought they'd be your really good friend and introduce you to, we should have just said, no, get out of my face. Anyway, I'm just thinking of an old friend of mine. All right. But there are different ways different people respond to, to drunkenness. Some people, you can drink in, in, like, you can have a casual drink, moderation. It's just not a big deal for you. How many of you, you're those people? We're taking pictures. Good. <laughs> but how many of you know about yourself when it's not given to drunkenness? Like, for you, and you just know this about yourself, one beer is not near as good as 12. <laughs> and you're just... Like you're just wired or whatever, it's part, folks, it's really important for us to know whether we're given to drunkenness or not given to drunkenness. Okay, sorry. Because we're not supposed to be given to drunkenness, not violent. Some of you are like, okay, I'm, on, I'm good on that, I'm not violent. But how's, how are you at being Gentle. Because that's one of the requirements. You see what we're doing here? Some of them were like, oh, I'm doing pretty well. And then everyone, so we have these other things. Here's a question that comes to my mind. I don't like the answer. Do all those, do all those really matter if you're going to make a difference? And the answer is, yeah, they really do. And here's where we're going to head now. Because when we fail in any of those areas, it's oftentimes an excuse for people to then dismiss us and our impact in the future. You know how this works. If you are not faithful to your spouse, that matters. You making a difference to them, to other people. There are people who will be like, yeah, don't even try to make a difference in my life because of that. Make by, the, the flip side is faithfulness in your marriage makes a positive difference to other people. If you bring some of these concepts into the room, we know all too well that a parent that failed us, sometimes even in just some big way, three times, it is easy for human beings to just dismiss them. Like you are not, don't even try to make a difference in my life because you were then you just fill in the blank. A moment of drunkenness can sour a person on us. Same way, solid soberness of living impacts us in a positive way. One moment of violent episode can ruin our reputation or minimally harm it. And the flip side, in a positive way, one perfect, gentle moment can change someone's world. All these things make a difference. So something you can write down is every moral miss has an impact. 
We can wish and want that it doesn't, but it just does. By the way, something to ponder if you've never thought of, why does Jesus Christ have so much power to impact the world? And his authority is really recognized by many, many people. I know people who are, they're not Christians, but if you talk about Christ, there's affinity for what he did. And you know why I think that is? It's because he never made any missteps or mistakes. And so he carried power to make a difference because he is not easily a person that you can dismiss because he was perfect. Let me give you a couple Bible verses to think about. Hebrews 4.15 says of Jesus, he had been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. That makes a difference. That verse connected to Philippians 2 says, talks about Jesus having humbled himself and being obedient even to death. He never failed at obedience. And it says, therefore, side note, if you're reading your Bible and you get to the word therefore, you should always read what came before the therefore. I heard it said, if you come to a therefore, figure out why the therefore, what the therefore is there for. Does that make sense? Because it says, therefore, you should go back and think, okay, why did it, why did it, so, so therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him this huge place of influence to change the world, therefore, and it was because he was perfectly obedient. Amen. Amen. Could the timing have been any better on that thing? So, <laughs> bringing this point uh, into the room. Uh, I was going to say this, but anyway. So if you want to make a difference, just be perfect, everybody. That's it. Just be perfect. Everything will be great. But I do want to give you a couple hints that will help us. Hint number one is don't miss, I'm sorry, don't dismiss your difficult areas. This is pretty simple. Don't dismiss the areas in the lists of moral expectations that God has in the Bible. Don't just say, I'm just not good at that one and act like it doesn't matter because it really does. Does that make sense? Don't just say, so instead, can I offer you this? When I'm challenged with hospitality or I am not, I wasn't gentle like I should have been, run to God and say, God, will you create in me the ability to be gentle? Can I tell you, that is the kind of prayer God says, absolutely. So don't just dismiss it and go, hey, it's just not who I am. Run to God and say, make me that person. Um, and then the second hint is seek forgiveness when you mess up. When you screw up, go to the person or maybe to the group and say, will you forgive me? I messed up. And then if they were going to dismiss you, chances are they will not dismiss you because you asked for forgiveness. I just did this recently. I was in an insurance situation. I was calling the insurance company multiple times, different places. And I'm talking to a, a person at my insurance whatever, agents thing, and I ended up saying, I just had a question. I was just trying to figure out how to get through this maze of stuff. And so I had a question, and they said, well, you'll have to call blah, blah, blah. And I said, 
Well, I, can, I can't remember exactly what I said and what I was thinking. What I was thinking was, oh, come on, I have a job too. Couldn't you just, couldn't you just call? And I actually said, could you find out about this? Well, we're not allowed to. Could you call? Because in the back of my mind, because I pay you a lot of money. Isn't it like, could you call? And they said, oh, no, we can't. Da, da, da. And so in the midst of the business, I just remember going, okay, so you're not going to help me with this. Why can't I? And I was short. I said, okay, thanks. Click. Have you ever clicked somebody really fast to make a point? It wasn't a, it wasn't a total hang up, but it was a click. It, they deserved at least a second and a half before I clicked. I'm like, okay, thank you so much. And I said, thanks. Click. And I remember going, and you never guess who started getting in my head as soon as I clicked him. God was like, good morning, Mark. <laughs> I'm like, dang. And he, I'm like, well, good morning, God. And he's like, what, what, was, what was that? What was that about? Nothing. <laughs> Just trying to figure out this insurance thing. Long story short, and I, I've had to do this countless times in my life. God was like, so um, what are we doing now? We're going to call her back, aren't we? He's like, no, no, you are. I'm not. You are. <laughs> like, call her back, and I forget her name. And I said, hey, this is Mark. Oh, yeah, Mark, what's going on? I said, you know what? I said, will you forgive me? I'm trying to figure this out, and I was short with you on the phone. And you never know. She was like, oh, we're good. We're good. And I said, no, will you forgive me? And she said, yeah, that's okay. And I said, have a great day. Of course, God adjusted. Does that make sense? So why would I do that? I would do that because I'd still, I don't want, and, and maybe she thinks I'm a real turd, but maybe because you go back and you fix things, it in a sense says, oh, okay, does that make sense? Just take the time to fix stuff if you can. All right, difference maker is morally multi-skilled. One more thing, difference maker has a track record, has a track record. We're going to end up connecting this to verse 6. I'm sorry, I'll let you write down track record. We're going to connect this to verse 6 where it says he must not be a recent convert. In other words, just getting started. But I'll paint a picture before we get back to that. Up on the screen, let's just imagine if you can a typical fourth grade boy. But what I want you to picture, and I don't think this will be hard for many of us, let's picture a typical fourth grade boy who's like a real booger. Can you go with that? Have you ever met one? All right. I just was interacting with one uh, not too long ago. was doing some ministry stuff at the uh, community center. And uh, this kid, sometimes he's a great kid. On this day, booger. Just a, just a booger. So I had spent like an hour and a half and almost, in fact, I think the entire time he was just you know, uh, burping, farting, yelling, running, cheating, not being helpful. It's like everything appropriate, he was doing the opposite in the moment. So I had just spent most of the time when I was interacting with him saying, shh, sit down, stop that, quit cheating, blah, 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 all this stuff. Two and, two and a half hours of it or so. Got to the point where we were going to transition. By the way, if you want to explore some, some fun, challenging ministry that though can really make a difference, you might want to check out the community center. So uh, this little guy, uh, that had been the experience. 
and we were going to transition and uh, do a meal together with a bunch of people, 50 people, let's say, in the room. And so I stood up, and I was going to get ready to pray for the meal, and then the little guy, booger, little booger guy, he says, hey, Pastor Mark, here's what he says, Pastor Mark, can I pray for the meal? And Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? So I had two thoughts that came to my mind when he interrupted me. Here's, here's my one thought. Sure, you precious little child of God. It was one item. And then my second thought was something like this. Not a chance, Buckwheat. Are you kidding me? There's no way. Now, we, you can put those wonderful godly ideas up on the screen again. But just so you know, and this might be confusing to some of you, you, which one do you think I went with? And I'll just tell you, I went with the not a chance buckwheat. Some of you are like, oh, you should have let him. Now, now just hang in there. This kid, now, by the way, this will be a stretch for some of us because this will be a new kingdom principle. And the kingdom principle is how we act regularly opens doors for more opportunities in the future. This kid had not, in this, on this evening, he had not been helpful one time. What would make me think he's going to be helpful when he stands in front of 50, 50 people to pray? And I'm not just considering him. There were three other kids in that place that had been honorable and amazing the whole time. If they had said, Pastor Mark, could I pray? Different. This kid's track record had disqualified him for a greater opportunity. Now, you can disagree with that. You're wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. No. You got to discern what's going on in the room. But I said, uh-uh, no. Now, that doesn't disqualify him for the future and other things. But like right now, yeah, not a chance. Not a chance, Buckwheat. All right. That's what I want. Back to our text. This is, there's an idea here, and it must not be a recent convert. That idea of recent convert, it literally means recently planted. And what it means is if you want to be a difference maker, look for people who have a track record. They've been around. They've consistently lived, doing things right, growing, have shown signs of health, those kinds of things. And it's the, it's the way the kingdom of God works. Here's a fill in the blank. If you want to make a difference, start showing up consistently. Consistency matters. It absolutely matters with God. And if you really want to be a difference maker, be consistent with God and watch him give you more and more and more authority and power to make a difference in people's lives. Last scripture and last idea. There's a Bible story in Matthew 25 you might want to look up. Um, I'll sum up the story and read a verse. Basically, the master, it's a parable, the master pulls together three of his servants and gives them all three some money. To one, he gives five bags of gold. To another one, he gives two bags of gold. And then the last one, he gives a bag of gold. And it's a test because the master is going on a journey and he wants to see if 
the servants will be faithful to be productive with what they have. So the guy that got five bags of gold, he's faithful, he goes to work. When the master comes back from the journey, his five bags of gold have become ten. The two bags of gold became four. The third guy does nothing, doesn't produce anything. And when the master comes back, here's what he says to the two guys that were faithful. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you, get a load of this, I will put you in charge. That's a step up. You want to make a difference? These guys are not going to be in charge, greater influence, of Many things. That's how the kingdom of God works. So it depends on what are we doing with what we have in front of us now. It's connected to our track record. So last fill in the blank is this. Just a simple challenge. Am I making a difference now? Something for you to think about. Am I, am I, am I doing what I can now? You go back to the starfish story. This is what's in front of me. I can make a difference for this one. Do that. And it'll open a door. And we'll be people that make a difference. So to recap, a difference maker is morally multi-skilled and has a track record. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.